All right, we are back with another episode of the Blackmail Archives. I have Martin Henson from B Men, and B Men is Black Men Engagement Network. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining me on this podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. So I want to get into. Uh, actually, I have a little snippet that I wanted to read uh, about about your background. Oh man, if you can actually go ahead and just tell us about your background and where you're from and um, how you got this work started. Cool. Uh, my name is Martin Henson. Uh, pronouns he him. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. I live in Boston now. Been out here for seven years. Um, I guess I hopped around a little bit. I have a master's in counseling. Started off there, going to school. I originally wanted to do philosophy, but it don't really pay you nothing. So that's mm. where I leaned to. Um, got into activism a bit. I did that for a few years doing the, the Black Lives Matter thing. Okay. And during that time, I started B-Men Foundation because it just seemed like there was a need from a lot of what I was seeing and understanding and some of these new uh, new ideas and some of them a, a bit older have, have been with me since I was younger mm-hmm. uh, and then I started the organization so that was kind of the, the path there's it's, you know different webs in that but that's kind of the, the short version of how I got where I'm at okay and I, I think I read somewhere that you were a mental health counselor I was for a period of time I did um, mental health again my master's is in counseling okay. uh, for a few years and then also a lot of the deficiencies and the ability to actually address black men mm-hmm. came into that was in my formulation as I was deciding what I wanted to do, how I wanted to be impactful. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that played a lot into it. I, I really was disgusted with the lack of understanding and lack of research toward black men and the specific issues that we got to deal with. Okay, and because I was reading your background, I was like, did that intertwine for you starting this organization? So tell us about the the organization, the foundation of it, and what what's its purpose? Yeah, the, the organization really, it, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing for me. It feels like it's it's a manifestation of all my values, and it really came from you know when I was younger. When I was younger, I lost my dad when I was around twelve. He was killed, and I and I was as terrifying and terrible as that was, I was really surrounded by men. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family, you know, uh, my, my stepdad, my cousins, my uncles, uh, you know, I just, I didn't have a moment to really fall off. So that that seed of men being able to see each other's humanity and support each other uniquely embedded in the black experience, I was like, I, I needed to do something with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, over time, I didn't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. Until, you know, coming through uh, the movement and the responding to the, the death and the impact of, of black people. And you had Me Too happening around the same time. So I'm really struggling with how to how to hold the black man close to me that I have, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're watching men either in our lives and and through the media being taken from us. Okay. Um, so I decided uh, with. Uh, one of my friends, hey, let's start an organization dealing with the issues of bringing black men together, mm-hmm. uh, being able to actually support and show humanity to brothers, even brothers who don't come from my experience, mm-hmm. uh, brothers who are gay, brothers who are trans, or bi, they're incarcerated, formerly incarcerated, you know, just thinking about how to branch that out and talking about the vulnerabilities of black men 
And yeah. in the course of that, even while I was dealing with that, the my friend Kahar Charles, I name him, died by suicide mm. early on in yeah. the foundation. So I'm sitting here having to live with the real impact of what it's like to be a black man. And even as I'm trying to to solve some of these issues and trying to be impactful. So that was that was really the beginning and been really moving from there. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um how did how did you create this safe space for people to because I know um in your in your mission you guys um had founded a safe space for people to talk about any topics. Um how did you form that? And uh, I'm assuming that your your background with mental health kind of played a part in forming that. But can you can you tell us how you found uh, created that safe space for people to talk? Yeah. About? Thank you for recognizing because people don't realize that you know it's, the the skills come in handy. It's it's hard right. to point out when you you know using them. Um, I just, I just really realized that people wouldn't have an access to the level of mental health care that they need. Mm-hmm. A lot of black men have unaddressed trauma that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And you know, where can we actually go to talk about stuff? Yeah. I look around with, you know, to my sisters, I'm like, you know, they have these kind of informal networks and brothers like we we've learned to like hold it in. Yeah. And you know, we'll we'll go do something together. Let's say play play basketball, go play cards or something. Mm-hmm. And man, you good? You know, man, I'm, you know, it's it's all tones right. and, and gestures that really convey the meaning. So I'm like, man, where can right. we actually dig into some things that we really we want to show to other men who can understand mm-hmm. in a very particular way yeah. um so that's where that space came from and it's been beautiful yeah man i well my hat is off to you for that because i know like the only time i really feel comfortable is like some <laughs> get into that barber's chair and they mm-hmm. start cutting your hair and it's like what's going on with you and then my whole thing just pours out but you know outside of that you know it's like well I got to hold this in now. I, you know, who can I talk to? So I, I'm glad you did that, man. Um, also, can you um, can you tell us about the I know uh, B-Man has this uh, partnership and initiative uh, with uh, um, uh, transi- Transgender uh, Emergency Fund. Can you mm-hmm. tell us uh, the listeners what that's about? And, you know, how did you guys come up with that? Yeah. Let, let me tell you where it came from. Okay. And part of it. For one, I just talking about embracing people's humanity. I believe in that. Like, if I'm living good, you got to live good too. And mm-hmm. then I need to work through whatever I'm dealing with. Then I got to do that. Um, and and a lot of these are black women, you know, mm-hmm. black trans women who have made that transition and need to be valued and affirmed and protected. So, coming through this space of a couple of years ago, I was hearing so much language around black men's relationship to trans women mm-hmm. merely that it was hostile and black men were, were violent towards them. I was like, man, I'm hearing this all the time. And most of the time it wasn't coming from black men or from black trans women, from the people who were invested in, in the, the issue. And, and I was like, well, let me actually dig into this. You know, um, I met Chastity. I knew her through uh, different, I want to say activist stuff. She's the executive director of Transgender Emergency Fund. And we was like, you know, let's actually build relate build relationships with each other and, and understand what's going on and, and how my community can be good to your community. We can make you feel seen and be heard and talk about how we relate and how we deal with oppression and how we deal with not being seen and being valued. And it's been probably one of the more the most affirming spaces I've been in outside of just black men. 
Yeah. Because people are wanting to to exchange and we're 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 working to give each other dignity and listen and listen. And I think that was a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, so now we have the Dave Chappelle stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm already in this spot where I can actually hear what's going on for people, you know. Yeah. 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 And I mean, since we let, let's go ahead and go into it, what are your thoughts surrounding that? And, you know, your your takeaways and what do, what do you see um, coming out from because I, I'm hearing both sides. Right. You know, I, I'm hearing what the, the fans of Dave Chappelle are saying and I'm hearing what some of the activists are saying about his stuff. Huh. Uh, you actually being in that space and working in that space. What are you hearing and what, do, what are your thoughts? Yeah, we so with um, follow B-Man's page on IG, we have a IG live coming up in the beginning of November. I want to say it's November the 2nd, where we're going to be debriefing and talking a bit about it. But I, I when it first came out, I really took time to I think this is an older me. You know what I'm saying? I took time. To think, Let me just sit and think. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not just reacting and saying nothing stupid. Yeah. And um, I just sat and, you know, asked people around, kind of read a good bit. And I realized this is different conversations happening. Mm -hmm. different people on different levels. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm interested in is conversation with black people. Mm -hmm. And and so you have some of these is happening where, you know, white people are coming in and talking about it from, from their perspective and they're hearing the comments related to LGBTQ and they're responding in, in a, from a different angle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I need to hear from black folks specifically, mm -hmm. uh, uniquely. But what I say about things like this and what I always say is that most people are even the, the hardest issue that you can think of are indifferent. Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of, you know, if you think of the bell curve, they're in the middle they're or maybe slightly leaning one way or the other. And then we hear from the people who are kind of in the, the more extreme positions, either one way. And we think that the issue is that simple. Mm -hmm. But for black folks who are, let's say, black trans women. Who are dealing with the impact of it i want to know what the impact is so i can actually give you humanity and, and show up in a way that makes you feel good mm -hmm. and then talking to brothers who who don't i hear a lot of brothers who want to talk about it but don't know how mm -hmm. and, and and i think there's i'm leaning into from from my position those people who actually want to have a discussion mm -hmm. and and really don't know where to start mm -hmm. and i feel like that's my role as you know somebody who supports you know, black trans community is like, hey, let me actually hop in there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the understanding that we all community, if somebody going in about black men, you got me. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's, mm -hmm. that's solidarity right there. So that's really where I, I, I come in on it. And I think I used to try to, again, a younger me was like, I need to understand every point of it. Mm -hmm. and now I'm like, I don't got to understand. I just got to respect it and make mm -hmm. sure that other people respect it, too. Mm -hmm. and, and and then what are what are people hearing and what are they trying to react to and just have those conversations so you know the media wants a quick answer and then I don't, there's no quick answer to this because there's 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 also a conversation that's that's happening with it about discrimination as it relates to the you know the black lgbtq community and the and the white lgbtq community mm -hmm. that's that's another conversation that's happening mm -hmm. the conversation of like how do you actually be respectful to people what's punching up and what's punching down like people mm -hmm. actually have to talk about it you yeah. know what i'm saying like yeah. they got to get into that yeah man well i'm man i'm glad uh perfect timing getting you on here to talk about the work that you're doing other projects are you working on at this time then yeah so um what I just mentioned earlier is just a continuation of the 
the B-Man and uh, Transgender Emergency Fund collaboration where we're just kind of trying to respond to what people are thinking in the moment, give them opportunity to dig into the conversation and, and find healthy ways and spaces to do it. The B-Man support groups, as always, doing yeah. that um, every second Sunday, five to seven, doing them digitally since COVID popped off. Um, and then just different projects and ways to engage in the the realities of black men. Some of those being, uh, we just did a, a, a training on implicit bias uh, with the group. Uh, just ways to really get into the, the reality of what black men are dealing with. I think we're still in that, in the, I think racism can happen from a progressive lens. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, as, as scholars and advocates for, for black male issues, you have to know that stuff on the top of your head and know, mm -hmm. know the impact for people to take you seriously. So I'm always looking for new ways to engage into that conversation. Yeah. Um, one of the things, because I know that you're coming out of Boston, I saw that the mayor did an initiative um, mm -hmm. for, for black boys and young men. Um, are you is your organization going to be a part of that? Or are you guys going to be doing anything with with that initiative? As of right now, we're not a part of it. I'm, I'm interested to see in what direction that they're going in. Yeah, uh, I know a few people who are engaged in it, but you know, we'll see what it yields. And you know, I'd love to be a part of it if, some, if it's something impactful. Yeah. What advice do you have for other, you know, young men of color who who want to get into the line of work that you're doing? Uh, what would you tell them to do, and how would you guide them to so they can be successful in this type, this this line of work? Line of work, I, I would say. Well, if I had to call it somebody, say advocacy, mm -hmm. nonprofit work. Uh, I would say know know the subject, know mm -hmm. know what you're getting into. Make sure that nobody else is out there doing it. Yeah. Uh, if you really feel like it's something unique that you can add add color to, then absolutely go for it. But you got to be prepared. You got to be informed. Um, yeah. You have to be engaged in all angles of the discussion. Yeah. I didn't you ask me 10 years ago if understanding the issues of trans women would have been impactful to understanding the oppression and the uniqueness of the black male experience. I would have I wouldn't even known how to respond. Mm. That level of uh, adaptability and really getting into black male studies and understanding the unique conditions um, and the 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 glass ceiling that we run into. Mm -hmm. uh, you you have to understand all of this data before you can prevent it, present it to someone because just being we've seen by way of the let's say the Black Lives Matter movement just being visible and them seeing you get killed is not enough. Right. You you got to be creative. You you got to be uh, informed. And, you know, if you're in collaborating with other organizations and communities. Yeah. How is your work going with um, I know you've done some work around allyship, uh, white allyship. Um, how is that work coming? You know, that's been that's it's different. It's different. And what I would say is different. So I'm in Boston and I first came to Boston. I'm from Arkansas. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like. When I the way that they talk about people of color out here or black folks is in the people of color category. Mm. So I was looking, I was like, oh, where's something that's specifically for for black people mm -hmm. or black men? Yeah. And it was like, no, everything's POC. I'm like, all right. Um, so so how do I how do I advocate specifically for for black folks? Mm -hmm. And 
part of what I had to understand around allyship is not always in the very visible collaborations, organizational, you know, connections and doing events together. It's actually sharing resources mm-hmm. uh, and people giving you opportunities to to use your power in effective ways yeah. and not always being somebody that gets a pat on the back for doing it. You know, that's that's real solidarity work. So that's my uh, it, it is very different from activism. Yeah. As activism, you out front, you you yeah. yelling signs and some more stuff. But organizationally, you have to actually build those contacts to understand how better to grow your organization and uh, even having mentors who can show you how to get through from one lane to the next so you actually can do better for your folks. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I think and engage allyship in this moment. You would have asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said something different, but that's where it's funny because you touched on it a little bit too about coming from, from Arkansas to Boston. I well, how was how was that? Was that the first time that you lived outside of the South? And how was how was that transition? Yeah, it, it was um it was different. I learned you gotta talk quicker. Can you know it's how we like mm, mm, mm. y'all all right now. They'd be like, hey, let's get to it. What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, people think about Boston, they talk about the racism. It's so academic here, mm-hmm. which has made me formulate my arguments a lot better mm-hmm. because you deal with folks who practice racism or anti-Black misandry through a more progressive lens. Yeah. Uh, and rather than saying they don't like you because you're a Black man, they'll say, well, something about your masculinity. I'm worried about that. How you, you, you know, you, you have to, mm, you have to know what's word. It's cold words. And, yeah. and if you don't know what's, what's going on, you'll, you'll be playing into it too. Mm. So a lot of the work that B-Man Foundation does too is talking around uh, black men have had to formulate our masculinity outside of the white paradigm because we were not considered men for so long. Shout out to Dr. Curry, uh, the man now, he talks about this at length. Mm-hmm. But in the way that I've learned to understand it and how you talk about it and how you advocate, you have to you have to know that that move and have a counter ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times it's data that I have to be a strong advocate for. And I say, well, look at how many black men have unaddressed trauma. Mm-hmm. Look at all the barriers to being able to receive mental health care and access. But so we know cognitive behavioral therapy works. But if can't nobody find a black therapist and they can't right. get because ain't no insurance providers going to take care of you. What you going to do then? Right. You got to you got to know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, that's it's it's been interesting. Uh, and then how culturally the South versus the North talk about things are very different. Mm-hmm. Now, if I go to the South, let me be 100 percent real with you. If I go to the South and I if I talk and say, you know, the LGBTQ, they're going to run me out the room. I got to mm-hmm. find an angle mm-hmm. to get that conversation in. Mm-hmm. And it might be more like faith based. It might be more sort of like men advocacy, men male advocacy. Yeah, and and then I then I say, hey, we got to be more inclusive and think yeah. about how it is. Because if we're looking at the church and the choir, let's be real. We know that a lot of those people who have prominent positions in the church are having to hide their sexuality and not being included yeah. because of the different things. And what are the outcomes that impact folks? Yeah. You know, so talking about black men, there's, these are black men. They don't stop being black men because they're gay. Mm-hmm. They still have some of those negative outcomes and some of those increase uh, due to discrimination. So that's I'm just, you know, 
giving you an example of how you got to switch the mode of having a conversation depending on where you are. Yeah, and that's very helpful to know, man. And I, I appreciate you just being in this space and sharing your knowledge, man. Um, thank you for being on this on this podcast. Can you tell the listeners where they can follow you and follow your, your the work that you're doing? Yeah, follow me um, at B-Men Foundation. It would be menfoundation.org. It was at B-Men on, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, you can reach out, martin at bmenfoundation.org or info at bmenfoundation.org. And hopefully you can start a, a B-Men support group near you. Awesome, man. This is awesome. So thank you again for being on the Blackmail Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories. Um, and we highlight um, men like yourself. So thank you for, for doing this. And thank you. And we'll love to have you back just to follow up with you and see what you're doing. Please. I'd love that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right.